What's up, everybody? Welcome to Draft Chaff. This is episode number 168. My name is Zach. I'm one of your hosts. And joining me, as per usual, Ben Fisher. What's up, dude? I'm melting. It is so hot. Oh, God, it's so hot out. (laughs) It was like, it's such a tease, too, because we had that, like, brief, maybe two or three day period where it was, like, in the 70s and just gorgeous and, like, fall felt like it was right around the corner. And then, bam. (laughs) Yeah. 90 plus degrees uh... with 60 plus percent humidity. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, there's some schools in my local area that are getting half days because of the heat advisories. Wow. So, yeah, that's that's where we're at. Unfortunately, I don't think my school is going to have that happen. Uh, I'll tell you all about it. My tibble. How about that? <laughs> all right. Well, on the bright side, while we're stuck inside trying to enjoy some air conditioning, we do have a new format to talk about. So yeah. let's jump into that before we do, of course, our usual housekeeping. Do check out the discord if you haven't already. It's the best place to be to chat with us and chat all things MTG with the rest of the Traficionado community. We'd love to have you over there, so do j- check that out. The link to that is in the episode description as well as on our Twitter page. And if you'd like to support the show directly, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash draftjeffpod. Huge thanks to all of our patrons who continue to support us each and every week. We're beyond grateful for all of you, and we've got a little bit more on that and the Patreon in a bit, so I'll leave this at that for now. We're going to skip our crack draft type thing this week because, well, it's live draft week, so. We've got a full draft coming. So let's jump right into our Teferi Tibble. Ben, what's going on? Well, I'll start with my Tibble. I already mentioned it. It is so hot. Gotta love that global warming stuff. It's it's all over the place and it's uh Yeah, it, it it's it's happening. Uh my classroom unfortunately doesn't have AC right now. There's been an issue with the HVAC system. They've been trying e. to fix it for a while, but uh Today, my classroom was a balmy 85 degrees, and I was there in long sleeves and long pants. And, uh, you know, <laughs> nothing puts students to sleep like like that. So, uh, yeah, that's been rough. We have the fans on, on full crank. We actually have a fume hood in my room because it's used for chem sometimes. So we opened it up, turned the fume hood on and just like ran the fan at full blast just to like suck air out of the room and <laughs> get it out and like get it moving. But uh yeah, that's been something. My real tibble is that I got demolished at pre-release. It was just... E. And this one hurt because I, I, I've been trying to remember, I don't think I have dropped a match at pre-release since Nuka Pena. And not ignoring you know, some, of the, some of the supplemental sets in between the ones that have like uh, drafts and stuff, but... I, I don't remember the last time I lost a match at pre-release and this one, it, it really, it was a, it knocked me back down off my, off my pedestal. I've been properly humbled. Uh, uh, the RNG or whatever is finally caught up to me. I, I feel like I had a, a pretty bad pool and uh, I, I built a pretty bad deck with <laughs> my pretty bad pool. Uh, the first uh, match I got kind of destroyed in the, in the mirror. I was playing like a black green splashing red Jund thing. I had an Ashiok, but that was probably my best card. And got to say, they've, they've really toned down Planeswalker design. They don't just win the game when they hit the field. Because uh, when you're behind and you play an Ashiok, it just does not do much. Taking down to make two one ones or taking up to do functionally nothing in the face of a couple 6-6s, six not a way to win games. And then, of course, you know how round two went, right? Yeah. Yeah, Zach crushed me in round yeah. two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We finally got paired against each other. It's been a long time since that's happened. And uh, it wasn't round one. But uh, yeah, I did not, I did not uh, put on the brakes for, the, for that match. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the gruff sextuplets really <laughs> ran me over. 
<laughs> but uh and then uh I, I you know we finished our match pretty quick i was like okay this deck is not doing it i'm gonna rebuild i have some blue black stuff let me see if i can make this a better deck i made a better deck i'm feeling good i make some improvements and then boom i get the buy and i'm like well all right <laughs> should i just go home like well, what do i do now uh did play out round four which our, our previous actually had um it was a better match than my my first two for sure um Better opponents, handsomer, you know, better, kinder, uh, cooler opponents. <laughs> but, wow! But, uh, no, I, even then, I couldn't, I couldn't squeak it out. So, uh, yeah, got the 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 O three technical one four. <laughs> uh, on the bright side, to fairy wise, um, school started again. I, I'm excited to have a new school year. I'm getting back in my routines. Uh, did a draft at the gym today. That was kind of fun. So uh, excited to kind of get, get back into the swing of things. And plus we've got like a new uh, set to enjoy with all this. So while my, my opening, uh, <laughs> well, my, my introduction to Wilds of Eldraine wasn't the best, uh, it's looking up. I already got a trophy in the trophy board. So how about you? What's up? Yeah, I will say just my quick little thing on pre-release. Uh, I also didn't do all that well. I think I went one, four as uh, one, three as well. Um, and I had two gruff triplets in my pool. The problem, I had a bunch of good rares in green and then like not actually a whole lot to support them in other colors. So I ended up kind of, you know, finagling together a, a green black deck that was probably better than I piloted it. And I had some bad draws. Um, it was better than my green poor, black deck. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Maybe some poor mulligan decisions, uh, that also kind of cost me, but mm. Overall, pretty interesting. I mean, double gruff triplets is phenomenal, especially in a set with like parallel lives and other like token doublers. It's just That's absolutely funny. ridiculous. I didn't have any of those, but uh, you know, I'll take the, the double gruff triplets. Um, my Teferi though is uh, it's a new set. I'm really excited to to be drafting this one. This one feels a lot of fun uh, so far. The games that I've played and the games that I've seen played are um, relatively unique. Every game seems to have like its own little kind of pockets of of fun um interactions and mm. that seems good to me for for the longevity of a draft set i think this one will be fun for quite a while um haven't really figured out exactly what is like the deck to play right now the one that i'm most interested in playing is fairies but um i'm not so sure what the exact best deck is just yet um my other fairies that i started my new gym routine i think i mentioned it last week that i was trying to get a new routine together. Um, I usually do that when I get into a rut and either don't find progress or get really bored and find myself making excuses not to go to the gym. So new routine. I'm actually going five days a week now, which is more than I've nice. ever gone, but they're shorter, shorter uh, workout days. So um, we'll see how that goes. And then, yeah, my tibble is just that the weather is totally disgusting and I don't want to be outside. <laughs> yeah. Look, I got to recommend the gym draft. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right, on to our listener question of the week. This week, Dorgan asks, what's your favorite non-magic-related podcast or something that's in a similar format? I've got a couple. Uh, I do try to consume a, a handful of you know other magic-limited content, uh, especially podcasts. Some that I've been a particularly big fan of recently that are non-magic, uh, the Always Sunny podcast. I've always been a big Always Sunny fan. Uh, their podcast is, is honestly hilarious. It kind of gives you a behind-the-scenes into some of the makings of the show and just getting more jokes with the 
the creators. So that's a good time. Uh, kind of like a, a one-off, uh, I guess, real life podcast that I was a big fan of was called S town. Uh, it kind of describes this one very interesting person uh, with a fascinating life that ties together everything from the shining esque hedge maze to hidden gold to murders to local corruption to the education systems to clock making it's fascinating and uh if you're a fan of i guess i don't know almost forgotten suburbia uh the way that there's kind of been this slide away from certain uh, it's hard to even explain without just going and watching it or listening. I do recommend it highly. I think it's like a, an NPR investigative journalist that, that did all this. So uh, highly recommend S town. And then uh, I did always enjoy the wisecrack podcasts. The, uh, the ones that they would do wisecrack the YouTube channel. They've got some, some pretty good shows, but uh, unfortunately those kind of all shut down, but the wisecrack podcasts were always pretty entertaining. I always liked culture binge the most. That one kind of kept me up to date on what was happening on the internet. How about you? Yeah, so podcasts are something of a uh, like I, I don't really listen to podcasts too regularly, even though I love them. Um, the one that I continuously go back to is Deep Dive with Ali Abdal. He's a pretty well known like productivity YouTuber, but he has this podcast where he goes, he has people on his show, and he just kind of like questions them about like things they do and their life and philosophy and all these different things. Um, and every guest he has on has a different story and has different kind of topics that they're quote unquote experts in or whatever. Um, so they're pretty diverse episodes and, um, most of them are surrounded around like, you know, business, like running a business or like being a creator or things like that. So topics that I'm interested in, um, and it's a lot of fun. So that's, that's probably my favorite show and the one that I listen to most regularly. Um, the other ones I listen to are typically like finance related or um, otherwise like creator related. Yeah. But none are specifically coming to mind at the moment. I do want to turn this one out to the listeners too. let us know. And Min, let's toss it in the random channel in the discord. Uh, let us know, like comment, subscribe. Let us know if you uh, oh boy. listen to other podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the worst part is that like now that we publish these on youtube that actually like is something we want people to do so oh, it's like, wow like, yeah it's relevant again i forgot about that cool i like it um all right well let's move on so this week we are doing our whoa live draft but before we do our live draft we actually have something of a a big announcement to make um a little bit bittersweet if you're new to the show you may not know that Ben actually writes articles for a website called Cardsphere. Cardsphere is sort of a an alternative to like Puka Trade or those types of things where like you can initiate trades with other players and they can initiate trades with you. And it's it's kind of seller forward. So if you have cards you want to get rid of um, and someone has those cards on their want list, you can just say, hey, I'm sending you these cards and you can kind of collect the money. Cardsphere handles all that stuff for you. And it's a really sweet platform. We've had a great relationship with the guys over there who run it. And Ben's been writing articles for them for a bit over two years, two and a half years, something like that. Yeah, something like 26 articles. A lot of my vector theory articles, all of my vector theory articles. Uh, if you haven't seen those, go check them out. I mean, I've really enjoyed writing for Cardsphere. 
Yeah, well, the unfortunate news is that Cardsphere announced last week that they are shutting down. Um, unfortunately, that means the services they offer in terms of the site are down. That also means that we are losing an income stream in terms of the articles that Ben writes. So that hurts. Um, it hurts mostly yeah. for Cardsphere. <laughs> I know that a product that they really loved building. And again, we have a great relationship with the guys there. So we were really service, sad too. to hear that it was. Yeah, absolutely. And we were really sad to hear that it was shutting down. Um, but unfortunately it is a decision they had to make. So that does impact the show in, in terms of losing an income stream. So we're kind of using it as an opportunity to spin the Patreon. Um, Ben and I have been talking for a little while about maybe doing some changes to the Patreon. We don't like to make changes to the Patreon pretty much at all because it affects the current patrons. So we don't do this lightly, but given that this was something that, um, was out of our control we think this is probably a good opportunity for it so what does that mean we are making changes to the patreon essentially we're going to have to unlist and relist our patreon and what we're going to do is shift from a monthly subscription to a per podcast subscription option don't worry if you're already a patron patron you don't have to spend any more than you are now you can set limits on how much you want to be charged monthly so even if you are in a tier that may cost more if you were to pay for every podcast episode. You can set like a dollar amount limit or whatever your currency is um, a limit so you don't spend any more than you do today. We don't want to put anybody in any awkward positions like that where it's not something that you can afford or isn't something that you can continue to do if you want to continue to do it. Essentially, what that means is we will have to relist, unlist and relist the the patron, uh, the Patreon page. and. It, because this is super disruptive, it essentially will like kick you out if you're already a patron and force you to like re-sign up. We're going to give all current patrons a free month. So yeah. starting October, you won't be charged um, <laughs> as basically just a huge thank you for supporting us and for sort of an apology for the kind of uh, <laughs> awkwardness of the transition and how we have to do that. That's a limitation of Patreon. We, we can't just flip a switch and make a change. We have to like relist our whole Patreon page. But that's not all we're doing. Right. Uh, we're going to be revamping all the tiers, making it all new and honestly amping it up a bit. Uh, maybe more in line with, honestly, all the other limited podcasts. <laughs> one's about our size, one's bigger, one's smaller. Um, but we've been doing some studying and uh, we've, we've put hours into this. And we're hoping that what results is something that, you know, you all enjoy. Uh, and honestly, for under the cost of maybe for Zach a coffee or for me a bubble tea <laughs> per month, um, you can still support us in, in, in a way that would honestly make a huge impact. And uh, again, this is, I, I hate money. I hate talking about money, but honestly, in just uh, in simple terms, you all make this possible. And, you know, Zach and I do this for the love of the game, right? Uh, literally. But uh given the hours and hours we, we pour in our, into our podcast and all the love that goes into it. Um, then the fact that we both have pretty intense full-time jobs, <laughs> uh, I think this is the best course of action. So all patrons who sign up in the first two weeks, uh, will announce those exact dates in November. We got to check the billing cycle dates, I guess, but October will be the free month. November will be our big, uh, relaunch. We're going to give you a uh, a pin. Now, this is no average pin. This is a reserved list pin. This is never getting reprinted or uh, re 
die cut. I don't really know what they make pins out of, but we're making limited edition draft shaft pins. And if you want one, you can sign up to be a patron during our big relaunch period. Uh, of course, all the Patreon tiers will have their usual uh, fun perks and more information about that will be available in the Discord, on Twitter, in the usual places you can check. And uh, speaking of great perks, I mean, just today we, uh, on our pre-show, probably spent like 20 minutes deep diving into a draft that I did uh, while at the gym and about how it was a bit of a train wreck and it was split between two vectors. And I think, uh, I mean, Zach and I kind of discussed and worked it out and I think I can eke out four wins with this, <laughs> this deck. Let's not get too ambitious, but this went from a pile of like 50 some cards and I didn't really know what to do with it. And I, we discussed some picks that I made incorrectly. Uh, well, not incorrectly, uh, some unfortunate picks. Let, let's call them happy accident picks. But uh, anywho, uh, more stuff like that is, of course, available on our Patreon. And uh, again, we really just want to thank all the patrons we've had throughout the years. Um, without you, we wouldn't have made it this far. Uh, the way that you have just been so kind and uh, so consistent and so uplifting and, and made our day in so many ways. We see the messages that you write us and uh, the, the kind words that you leave and the feedback and just the, the, the knowledge that if what we do uh, and, you know, talking about a card game somehow makes your day a little bit better, just 1% better. That's that's all we really need. Just hearing that from you is is the best. And uh, we thank you all very much. And for those that go on to become patrons, uh, thank you, too. And enjoy your pin. <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, if you're currently a patron and you just continue through this transition, then you'll also be getting a pin. Don't want them. Of course. Don't want it to sound like net new patrons are getting them. Um, and we'll again, Ben mentioned, we'll announce all the details. So the, the, sh the short of it is we're reworking the Patreon. We're going to have more tiers. It'll be a per podcast subscription fee instead of per month. Uh, which gives you more flexibility in terms of how much you want to pay every month. And um, we are going to have a bunch more perks and such because there are going to be more tiers. So um, yeah, check that out. We'll have all the dates and details listed out in the announcements channel on the Discord. So again, if you're not in the Discord and you want any more information on that stuff, do join the Discord. But I think with all that said, let's get on to a live draft. All right, now we're going to run a traditional draft today. I've actually got that other draft still up in my uh, best of one. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I like this this beautiful Neva art too here. I didn't even see those thorns. Yeah, Neva's pretty pretty fantastic art. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, definitely pull out your phone or your computer or whatever. Watch on screen because we have all the footage of the draft here live as well. And if you're not on Spotify, if you like to use a different podcasting app, this will be available on YouTube as well. So if you want to see the draft, check that out. We'll also link the 17 lands data in the episode description as well. So you should have access to that as well. We're just waiting for the table to kind of fill up. So if you're watching on YouTube already, then you know what's up. This is just a classic live draft for you. Looks like we've got one more open seat. What are we hoping to open here? Honestly, open? Uh, <laughs> maybe like a, one of the virtue cycle. I feel like I haven't I gotten to play with a bunch of most of them bombs. are good. I don't think yeah. the virtues are very good in limited. I think the white oh, one's man. phenomenal. The blue one seems yeah. unplay not unplayable, but seems pretty bad, actually. Copies a um, uh, triggered or activated ability, or is it just a triggered ability? I think it's either. Hmm. Um, okay, that could be cool. I could do something I don't like know that. about the other, the other two, or the other three, but... Uh, the white one's the one you want if you're going to open a virtue, I think. Yeah. 
I could go with any of the, you know, mythic rares with a 60 plus percent win rate. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Why not? No, this is my third draft of the set. So the one I had, uh, I had like a red green deck that trophied. (laughs) It's in the trophy channel. Uh, I had that blue white mess deck that I haven't even played a game with yet. So I I don't really count that. So I'm still very fresh to the format. Here we go. We've got a mythic. It's Arietta the Charmed Apple. One white black, two four. Each creature you control that's enchanted by an aura you control can attack your planeswalker you control. So I guess if you put a a cursed roll on your opponent, it's like a pacifism. And then at the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life, where X is the number of auras you control. I'll be honest, I'm not in the habit of passing mythics during week one of a format. That's just not really... Well, what, what else is in the pack here? We've got a Solitary Sanctuary, which looks quite good in the tap deck, but pretty much unusable in anything else. Ice Rot Sentry, which is another really good tap deck option. Tattered Ratter I don't really like, but it's fine. The Hollow, mm-hmm. Hollow Scavengers seems pretty good. Um, the Hopeless Nightmare like meh. And something. Hopeless Nightmare is yeah, good. I mean, honestly, that could be one, or even Return Triumphant is great to get Ariat back. Uh, I mean, there's no, like... A plus removal spell here. I'm just going to slam the area, right? Yeah, I think I, especially early in the format like this, we definitely want to try out mythics and, and rares and such. So we'll see what we get into next. We got past there. Yeah, we got past some interesting stuff here. So we got past a uh, feral encounter that's green, green sorcery. Look at the top five. Exile a creature from among them. The rest on the bottom, you cast exile card this turn. Uh, blah, next combat phase. Beginning of the next combat phase, this turn target creature you control deals damage equal to its power up to one target creature you don't control. This is a lot of words to say. Punch bite spell. Yeah, bite <laughs> spell, draw a creature. Uh, it's a bite spell for two all the time. And sometimes you can go get a creature too. I, okay. Um, nothing There's super common missing from this vector. pack, which is really yeah. weird. There's an up the beanstalk. There's a charade of numbing depths. Look, obviously we can't play Feral Encounter and Ariat in the same deck, but if this person isn't valuing green, I do really like green in this format so far. I'm not opposed to just taking this too. Oh. So I didn't oh, actually mean to click on that. I didn't actually mean to click on that, but we did. So next pack, we've got Knight of Doves, the one that uh, makes 1-1 birds when enchantments go to the graveyard. It does kind of work with Ariat. You want to turbo rolls. Disdainful Stroke, just kind of generic good in blue. Impact Tremors, we're looking pretty far away from that, but it can be good with rats. Again, we're very far away from the rats vector. There is a rat out, just kind of generically good removal spell. Uh, not seeing a lot of green in this pack. The only thing we got is Root Rider Fawn. I wouldn't mind picking up a Knight of Doves early and then looking for ways yeah. to try to send enchantments to the graveyard. I mean, this is a really powerful payoff. Yeah, with Ariette too, we're kind of looking to potentially cut the whole enchantments ETB or leave the battlefield vector. Um, mm. And Knight of Doves is, is a phenomenal card in that, in that vector. I think in the format breakdown, I was a little lower on it than I should have been. And uh, it has seemed quite good when I've seen it work. So let's keep an eye on that rat out. Maybe we can wheel it. No other white cards really interested to. Okay, well, here we've got some action. We've got a dutiful griffin. That's the uh, five mana four, four flyer, which is just a pretty solid rate by itself. And then you can sack some enchantments to bring it back from your graveyard to your hand. Intangible virtue far away from that vector. There's a barrow naughty. Good for fairies. Barrow naughty's phenomenal. Yeah, I really like that card. A Scream Puff, that's kind of a funny one. There is a Johan Apprentice Sorcerer, so maybe literal blue-red is open, but I mean, oh wow. I mean, pick towards the tower. The tower. That, that is a signal. It doesn't really pair with what we've got so far, though. I, I'm kind of okay with just sticking with the Dutiful Griffin here, kind of sticking yeah, like with the, the white enchantments. 
Griffin or Baronati, I think would be my picks. Blue red does and seem blends. like it might wow. be open and green isn't being taken very highly right now either. But I think if we cut white hard and we're still getting past white cards, we probably can just have all the white we want in pack two. Mm-hmm. So here we've got an Apprentice's Folly. Again, blue red just kind of flowing here. Well, back for seconds. That's the three mana bargain. Return up to two target cards from graveyard to your hand. If it was bargain, put one of them mana four or less onto the battlefield instead. I mean, that seems yeah, awesome for like getting back area. This is going to be a high priority target to kill. But some other good options in the pack. We've got a cooped up, the uh, pacifism that you can exile, which kind of is a bargain combo too. We've got a conceited witch. We've got a Rowan's Grim Search. I don't mind conceded which I, I almost feel like we could wheel it though. I think I want to try out the back for seconds. I would go back for seconds or cooped up. I think in this pack, um, cooped up is obviously just an enchantment an aura that works well with Ariette, one that we can remove from the battlefield whenever we want with Knight of doves, but back for seconds seems like a fine pickup. We may be able to wheel cooped up or we probably won't wheel it, but we may be able to pick up a second copy. And now we've got a savior of the sleeping, which is another phenomenal card in this whole enchantment going to the graveyard kind of vector. Um, otherwise in this pack there's not a lot but we do see Johan's stopgap misleading moats the hearth elemental and uh frantic firebolt which are all pretty solid hmm. red, red blue cards so wow yeah maybe we should have pivoted but i'm still seeing these enchantment cards come around so as long as we can pick up stuff that's going to put ours onto the battlefield i think we'll be okay yeah this does make me question which pick exactly we were supposed to go into blue red for i think if we were in blue red we would take the hearth elemental out of this pack yeah, let's take the savior of the sleeping here. I mean, the blue red player is getting better stuff than us. Uh, I will say that. Look, now they get to take like a mark or something. Oh no, you take the sprite here if you're in blue red. Oh, mocking sprite. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. That seems pretty good. For us, there's a vampiric rights and an ego drain. Ego drain not really playable outside of fairies, and to be honest, I'm not even sure if it's playable in fairies. Yeah. No white cards in the pack. I think we take the vampiric rights. This We're does imply there's not- a bunch of white drafters. Yeah, we're probably not going to play it. Is it too late to pivot to green no, or something think. and like take the hollow scavenger? Or Moving I guess blue green white. You think vampire? Like, I feel like all the teamer colors have been. I feel like all the yeah. I don't know. Well, we took the vampire greats. Oh, oh man, my. red is flowing. A we definitely should have pivoted. Eight towards the tower. Yikes! Is it still too late to pivot? I mean, is it is it is it actually too late? Because blue red is so open. I mean, what else am I taking out of this pack? I'm not going to take a break the spell. I think I'm probably supposed to take the torch the tower here and just kind of see what happens. I don't like this. Yeah, I think our seat is clearly blue red. But then again, so is the person to our right and left because these cards are passing them too. Unless the person to our left is in blue red and they're just getting the, the most ridiculous blue red deck yeah. of all time. So here's our pick nine. We got back to solitary sanctuary, although we're pretty far away from the tapping vector. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're going to be playing any of these cards. Maybe we do just take something like a hollow scavenger, speculate on that. Well, I could see moving into green red. Maybe I would probably just take the whisper because it works well with the five cards that we already have, but yeah, make something discard too. That's not that bad. Making a but we roll, could make I guess the we move want. into green. I don't know. It just feels strange. There was oh wow. Curse the were Fox coming around too. Wow. Black white pivoting in the in the uh, green red, the classic. And a teamer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, um, again, I'd probably no take the cards. curse here. Yeah, take the curse. <laughs> Impact tremors came back. We're not making tokens, so I'm still not interested. Uh, here, I guess we take the scarecrow guy, just in case this ends up being a, a total mess. 
Red Cap Thief, Beast of Bloodline. I'll take the Brave the Wilds in case we end up making a splashy pile of some kind. We got back a Moon with Nature and a Misleading Moats. Yeah, let's just take the Moats. And a last pick. Yeah, so someone got super hooked up with uh, Blue Red there. Wow. Okay. So we've got a Spectre of Mortality here, as well as an Oversold Cemetery. Man, the packs, they're trying to put us back in black-white. Look at our, look at our rares and yeah, commons. it's a phenomenal black-white pack. I mean, surely we reel a black card from this pack, right? There's like four black cards in this pack that we'd be happy to play. I mean, Oversold Cemetery, you might be able to play if you have enough self-mill. I think we can slam the Spectre of Mortality, though. Spectre's we, quite we didn't good, pick yeah. Up much. We just didn't pick up much good black cards in this pack. I think we do need to trust that this pack, we are going to see some black because... We just didn't pass any good black cards this pack in, in pack one. There's a dutiful Griffin. There's an Ashok's Reaper. There's another back for seconds. And then some good black-white stuff. Some, uh, there's a Cooped Up uh, as well. Even a Rome's Grim Search. I think we just take the Spectre and try to move into black-white here. Okay, here's an easy pickup. There's a Glass Casket. I mean, I don't see a world where we don't end up playing that card, right? Yeah, Glass Casket is pretty phenomenal removal. Um, Threadbind Click is pretty strong. Threadbind Click is sweet. There is also a Hamlet mm. uh, Glutton in this pack, and a Baluna's Gatekeeper, which I've seen be quite nice. But I, yeah, we're we're getting to the point we really need to plant a flag, and I I don't know what our colors are at this point. So I, I think t- <laughs> Glass Casket, Black White does seem to be the safest home for us right now, just given the number of picks we have in those colors, and mm-hmm. uh, nothing else seeming completely wide open given that we kind of missed the train on blue red. Yeah, that I'm interested to hear some feedback from the listeners to where exactly we were supposed to pivot. Yeah, we're seeing some green flow, uh, although here's a hopeless nightmare. Oh man, we're saved. <laughs> this is, this is exactly what this deck needed. Uh, this a charm clothing as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to take it over hatching plans, storm Vanguard up the beanstalk, man. I had a game where my opponent played the, uh, the three mana catapult and i just oh, got yeah. the storm killed vanguard uh bear down on it just brutal a very very nice card there i, I think we want to take the hopeless nightmare here and then look for some ways to bargain yeah again i i think we can string together this deck okay there's an ashox reaper <laughs> there's a restless fire going around <laughs> man dude we could have wow. had we could have had it all yeah uh oh there is a candy grapple oh candy grapple is a phenomenal card yeah candy grapple over ashox reaper I think so. I think it's we maybe may, a we, pick. We may be able to uh, the Ashrox Reaper. We probably won't, but we may be able to. And we are a little low on removal right now. I think we take the grapple, and this vector is very specific. I mean, there's maybe also, there's another so, black-white draft at the table. Maybe, but from the blue-red perspective, there's a Restless Spire, there's a cut-in, there's a, uh, an unruly catapult in this pack. <laughs> yeah, even a, even a crescendo. Yeah, I mean, I think in blue-red, we would have just... Man, hindsight I think is it was the Johan pick. I think we needed to pivot when we when we saw Johan. Yeah, you think but we would take the Archive Dragon so. now? I guess. Well, here we do get a Shadow of the Oath. That, that's a fine pickup. Yeah. Uh, this makes a roll kills basically anything you could imagine. Continuing on, Moving we've got a Baron uh, There's a <laughs> it's a Frank Sanity for you. Uh, yeah. No, no, we're not playing. Not, Frank in, this, not in this. Uh, Chancellor of Tales is cute. There's an Archon's Glory. It is a bargain card, which I I don't think we really want that yet. No, I think we take the Baron out of here. Generic two mana. Maybe we can pick up another one so they can flash each other. Catapult in that pack. Wow. And there's a monstrous rage in this one. Oh man, blue red was so open. Well, not only that, 
there's not a single black white card in this pack. Nope. Um, <laughs> it might be Ginger Brute. Yeah. Uh, I'm not happy. Look, when you miss the boat, don't end you miss the boat, it, right? Oh, we missed it big time. Yeah. Is it nuts to take Welcome to Sweet Tooth? Yeah, it probably is. Play it. I'm going to take the Rage. Yeah. Oh, yikes. my goodness. Frantic Firebolt, <laughs> Grabby Giant, the Borderlands Ranger. Or is it Bonders? I think it's Bonders Lands Ranger. Um, uh, at what point do we just start taking red cards and hope that we can salvage <laughs> this by the end of pack three? Well, I mean, right, here well, we did wheel some stuff. This was uh, fine. Yeah, right now our creature count is a little low. I think we can just take a Sweet Tooth Witch is totally card. fine. Yeah, just pick it's up It's actually witch. quite good. Uh, the, the, it like becomes its own uh, win condition. That's true, yeah. Nothing really for us here. There's an Ego Drain. Just pick it up. We're not to, playing. Yeah. This deck never plays Ego Drain. Uh, some stuff here. Toon Veil Guide, Moment of Valor. <laughs> An Edgewall pack. Toon Veil Guide. Yeah, let's pick it up. Seems this thing wears, okay. uh, wears Aura's pretty well. Yeah. A bunch of wow, blue and red cards. Such a catapult for the, the blue red deck that's floating around this table. Yeah, we'll take the catapult. I mean, there were just better blue and red cards in every pack. That's true. I would love to see whatever else at this table has drafted. I wish I could. Now I know we say don't marry your first pick, right? This is we did kind just of like a thing, here, but and yet I I still don't feel this is the type of draft where it's important to go back and and assess you know what happened. And also we have a whole other pack here, so maybe we can work something out. Pack three, let's see. Karmic Justice. Don't think this is one you can play in limited. Our regular bear is a Sleep Curse Fairy. Sleep Curse Fairy is so good. Yeah, cool card. Uh, some nice white cards, though. A princess takes flight, an eerie interference. I'm not going to try out the fog until I, you know, until I know it can work. I think we can just slam the princess takes flight here and, and hope to pick up some more bargain cards. We have a handful already, but this one, when you can make it work, it's just so good. Yeah. It's also Torch Tower and Ferocious Werefox. There's a Vermin, the Voracious Vermin, which uh, is the 2 1 that ETBs make a rat, and then it gets counters when your other stuff dies. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming Sage, yeah. I think we can just take the Princess Takes Flight here. Yeah, we are definitely still looking to keep our bargain count up so we can uh, get rid of stuff like that. Um, in this pack, we see a bunch more blue cards that we would love to have in that blue red deck. Another Archive Curiosity, Dragon, but there are... Archive Dragon, <laughs> Spell Stutter, Moats. I, I do like Candy Grapple, though. I think that's a yeah, fine pickup here. There's a Candy Grapple. There's also a Fell Horseman, which is a fine card. Mm, and uh night is not something you'd love to play but it does make a roll if we need the extra yeah. rolls and maybe we'll wheel that one let's go with the grapple here okay okay so, right. so black white literal black white was not drafted at least a couple to our right uh because i think this card is excellent i mean this thing is a, a format of one four wrestles for the tax uh, yeah, Restless Fortress, one of the attacks you drain for two. Not ridiculous to consider taking a, a hopeless nightmare here. I do think we could wheel something out of this pack between Besotted Knight, Unassuming Sage, Hopeless Nightmare, Minstrosity. Well, I say quite good, but it's, it's really just like a fine two drop that you're just not too disappointed to have. We are a little low on playables. I think I still want to take the Fortress here. We, we yeah. really need some two drops, though. 
Oh wow! Stab okay. wound. We're saved. Here we go. <laughs> we have a wind it is condition. No longer a hopeless nightmare. Yeah, stab wound is is ridiculous. And I think There's we can again get back. Also, reindeer in this pack. Yeah, rhyme for reindeer would be great for this deck. I hope we can pick one up. But we just can't pass a stab wound. That card's awesome. No. <laughs> uh, combos with Ariette, the thing you stab wound, they can't even attack with it. Uh, here we can just take a Besotted Knight, makes a royal roll. Do you like Besotted Knight over the Clothier? Oh, this one actually just comes in to make it. This one's a little more flexible with mana, but I guess these are, these are very similar cards. I guess this one is a 3-3 three, three body. Uh, one, so one's on a five mana three three ETB make a royal functionally split over mm -hmm. two cards, and the other is a five mana three three flyer ETB make a royal. I think I'd like to take the knight. I think I like the mana flexibility a little bit. You could play it on like turn three or something. Look, well, there we, we go. We got another pass clothier. Another clothier. So I think we just. I don't hate that. Although, Candy Trail actually. Candy Trail seems better in this format than I originally thought it was. Also, that's a really late hmm. Utopia Sprawl coming around. I don't yeah. think people value that card nearly highly enough. But We're not even talking about the frolicking. <laughs> what does this one do? And another uh, catapult. Pay two, choose one that hasn't been chosen. Oh, uh, Phenomenal this is, this top ten. Kind of this, this is a pretty cool card. You can sack this. Do you get it? Bargain. Do you get the joke? The, I, the first one's on, too hot. I get the joke. The second one's too cold. <laughs> I get the Third joke. Third one's dude, just yeah. right. It is funny. Wow, a lot of archive dragons floating around. Uh, not dead after all. is looking a little low. Yeah, I don't think we have enough creatures for it though. I think I just want to take a ginger brood. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's another a Utopia cauldron. Sprawl. Wow, another one. Yeah, Feed the cauldron. But creature count isn't quite high enough. All right, we, we need to wheel some of those, good, those creatures. But all right, yeah, we'll take an unassuming sage. It's a two drop. Sure. You pick ten. Why not? <laughs> Bunch of green blue cards, nothing Archive really Dragon, here for Storm us. Archive Dragon, Vanguard, Blunus Gatekeeper, Misleading Moats. Honestly, the Toadsteel Admirer is, I think, the only non-playable. I'll just take a dragon because it's disrespectful. Another Unassuming Sage. Okay. Another Charm Clothier. Okay. Yeah, so this draft came together. We have a deck. We just barely squeaked by here. And... Even in those last couple packs, blue-green seems especially open. But even then... Let's, the teamer colors were open this whole draft. Yeah. I think a, a literal black-white deck, one to two seats to our right, would have taken the Restless Fortress. Because this card yeah. is just excellent. I mean, all these creature lands seem fantastic so far. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason they're printed at rare, right? Uh, a lot of them are splash-worthy. Like, you, you uh, yeah. almost consider <laughs> splashing can. a land just to just to activate them now let's let's assess real quick here we have some power right we have a specter of mortality we have the area i mean we have some good removal we have the stab wound we have the shadow of the oath we have double grapple we have the princess takes flight we have some options here and i think we need to just cut one non-creature spell and call it a day i think it's probably the area whisper right um yeah yeah, a yeah, lot of our I other ones so. seem a little too important for what we're trying to do. We have a lot of ways to send auras and enchantments to the graveyard. We, we unfortunately don't have very many ways to create rolls, which makes me like a little bit nervous to cut Ariat's Whisper. Hmm. Could it, it be might three just be of three rolls of porridge? Yeah, yeah. Tap a thing, gain three. Yeah, this this card's a little too cute. It's probably just that. Okay, I mean this is this is a deck. This isn't the worst yeah. limited deck I've ever seen. Uh, that being said, 
it probably was correct to pivot. Now, you know, you open a black white mythic, you take it, obviously. Uh, we second picked, uh, what was it? It was something pretty on point, right? Dutiful Griffin, I think. Yeah, the Griffin was early, right? And and I, I feel like we took, uh, after that, we'd taken a back for seconds. Back for seconds, yeah. Yeah, back for seconds pretty early as well. And then somewhere in there, we also missed on the, the Johan pick. And then immediately we started yeah, that seeing, was like oh. A pick three or pick four Johan. So I really think at that point, yeah. we should have seen that as a, a really important signal and just went in on that. But hey, and yet the, sometimes my second draft of the format, your third, these yeah. things, we don't necessarily, you don't necessarily see these things super early. So give mm. ourselves a little bit of grace there. But um yeah. Yeah, clearly there was a there was a pretty bonkers blue red deck in our seed. Yeah, for sure. I mean a a blue red just pivoting off so hard. And we, we say don't marry your first pick, yes, but there is some merit to, you know, drafting well, <laughs> given that you opened presumably a bomb. I mean, a three mana two four mythic that can, you know, lock down a bunch of your opponent's stuff. Didn't seem like we got any wicked rolls, or uh, not wicked, uh, cursed rolls to put on our opponent's stuff. But, I mean, we still do have a bunch of auras. Uh, you know, we got some of the ones that we wanted, although people did pick up some stuff. We have some things that work well with this, like Stab Wound, uh, and just a bunch of ways to to work well with this. I do feel like we're going to be triggering Ariette pretty, pretty frequently. We have plenty of ways to make rolls. And then just a bunch of good black and white cards, like Dutiful Griffin, Spectre of Mortality. I mean, th these are just good value cards. I don't hate our deck. I think it's probably a six out of 10. And I think had we moved into blue red, which I'm not sure would have been co the correct thing to do. Uh, I, think I think we'd probably was. have something like an eight or a nine out of 10 blue red deck. Just I think pivoting. seeing Johan that late was just enough to tell us that those colors were open. It does and... tell you that blue red is open. Right. But it doesn't necessarily say that or it, it, it tells you that blue, red are open, but it doesn't necessarily tell you if blue is open or if red is open, because sure. I can imagine someone Wait, that there were took, also like three other really good blue cards in that pack, which, yes, there could have yeah. been like one much better blue card that they took instead. I get that. I would have taken it as a spec pick because the other card in that pack wasn't mm -hmm. like substantially better than it in our deck. So I would have taken it as a speculation and then just you know see how things play out because then you feel a little bit less we we spent like maybe three or four picks saying should we move should we move and then by then it was like when by the time it was very clear that the the colors were open it was way mm -hmm. too late so yeah i think i i would actually like to go back and kind of look at the 17 lands data on this one and just double check like exactly which pick would Let's have made sense up. to switch yeah yeah you <laughs> we got have, it we have technology all right, let, let's, let's actually go back and dissect this. I think this is cool. This is worth doing. So pack one, pick one, obviously, Ariette. I'm totally fine with that. Now, pack one, pick two. This one's a little nebulous. Again, it's still early. Uh, I do think just taking the green rare there is fine. This is green, green, kill a target creature, right? In your average green deck. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing explicitly that like the black white deck would have wanted. I mean, Wicked Visitor, like the, the EV of getting a good Very green passable. removal spell is, yeah, it, it's there for sure. I don't feel like we're trying to make like an Esper thing with Saray, so that that's fine. Now let's see. Here we see a disdainful stroke, the impact tremors, rat catcher training. I, I still don't think there's no. a a signal to move here. No, I think here we're I actually agree. liking it. We see the Knight of Doves, we go, okay, enchantments. 
Right. And then there's our buddy. Oh, so it was a much. It was a much. Yeah. Okay. So it was a pick for Johan. We hadn't seen much red or blue, really. Like, right. Go back a couple picks. We had a disdainful stroke. Yeah. Maybe like a living lectern, but that's just like passable. Like you don't care. There's a torch of tower in pick two. But I don't think you're supposed to take pick torch two. of tower here necessarily. No, like, I agree. I agree. And then pick three. I it still think we made stroke. the correct pick. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this so impact tremors four, is, yeah. Uh, impact yeah. tremors isn't for the blue red deck though. So pick four, we see it was dutiful Griffin, Johan, Baronati. There's an ice out and a torch the tower are really like the cards that potentially could be considered. Outside of the Johan, mm. I don't see a reason to move. The Johan gives me pause. It makes me think maybe we should be considering blue red. But we haven't seen anything up to this point to say that blue red was wildly open. We haven't seen anything that would make us move toward blue red yet. And mm-hmm. here we see a dutiful griffin and a baronauti. Dutiful griffin's passable, but it is on the enchantments vector. Yeah, and it plays well with knight of doves. So yeah, I don't see that. That's not. A, I don't see that. That's a bad pick. Is Dutiful Griffin that much better than Johan in such that we shouldn't have speculated on Johan? I don't think so. Johan's a two-color card. I probably still would have gone with the Dutiful Griffin. I agree. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to take Johan here. I think this is... Or the Baronati, but either this, way... This is a really interesting draft. <laughs> halfway so through, I was like... Uh, to be honest, halfway through, I was like, oh man, should we just like... Should we, should we just call it? Are, are we done? Like, is this, is this our live draft for the set? But All our live no, drafts for this the sets great. have been really bad, to be honest with you. We've had a and lot of I bad trophy ones. with half of them, right? So we'll see how this goes. But no, I think Dutiful Griffin is correct to take here. You shouldn't just be like, oh, yeah, I, I, right now we have a good black-white card, a solid white card, a, and now we're looking to pick a solid white card along the same vector as our solid white card and solid black-white card. I don't think you're supposed to speculate on like a, a two-color, no, like given entirely off-vector build-around. Given what we've seen in the past two packs as, or the past three packs as well, I totally agree with you. There wasn't enough blue or red in those packs to really make it even worth considering. Mm-hmm. What is pick now, there's five? There's a hint, right? The, 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 the hint here is towards the tower because the fact that there's a Johan in the pack and a towards the tower, no one cares about red cap thief, right? And honestly, yeah. ice out, it's a cancel with upside. Uh, but the Johan and the torch, this is the first hint of a signal. It's like a soft signal, right? right? It's right. not like a hard signal. Like, let's say there was a, um, like another green rare in, in, uh, I don't know, pack three, He's, right? Pick three. Yeah. Uh, if there was like another green or like a strong green uncommon, then you'd go, oh, hold up. Like, there's another good green card. The person to our right does not seem to be valuing green. We should move in. Uh, and no, same thing here in pick four. Now, pick five. So the weird, the weird thing with pick folly. four, though. Yeah. The weird thing with pick four is, was this the pack? Oh, no, it wasn't this one. I think it was, it was pick two. Never mind. Uh, pick two, I think, was the one where there was a common missing. But the uh, everything else was still there. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I don't know what common was taken here, but... Could be a candy grapple, maybe? <sighs> Would you say? take candy grapple over feral encounter pick one? I don't think so. Me, no. <laughs> but black. I don't, I don't is, think it's correct to. Black is rumored to be good in this set, you know? So, oh, well, hold on. 
spoilers. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> Let's get back yeah, to Yeah, so uh, I mean, if you go to like pick five, I think like we start to kind of see. Doesn't, yeah, pick five has the Apprentice's Folly, which is maybe another signal, but I haven't seen that card played, so I don't actually know how good it is. I don't even think this card is is that much of a bomb either. I think we were supposed to take back for seconds here. Again, there are some hints. Misleading moats, flick a coin, but these are like mediocre blue-red payoffs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I haven't gotten to play with this card. I did like the vampire version back in, what was it, Crimson Vow, where it only cost two mana, yeah. and it was two mana deal one draw card, which was obviously busted. Uh, well, this is kind of pinged bad. them it too, or something. Gives you the treasure back, so you it's kind of too. Uh, yeah, I guess you can sack it to bargain, but it's along a different vector. And ice out and misleading modes, like these are fine blue cards, but like if you're in black white, you're not seeing misleading modes and going, oh shoot, I gotta, I gotta change over. <laughs> no, and we weren't. Well, and right? also. Also, there's a cooped up in this pack, which is another white card that we probably still would have taken over if yeah. back for seconds wasn't in the pack, right? We were between those two. Even a conceded wish would have been fine. Green hasn't looked open yet either, outside of taking the feral encounter. Yeah. But we know by the yeah. end of the draft, Teamer is there, like all three of those are wide open. So <laughs> mm-hmm. very interesting. So it seems that someone to our right, or maybe multiple people to our right, pivoted sometime during late pack one to pack two right well this is the pack so now for for listeners who aren't aren't watching pack one pick six we see a hearth elemental mm. a frantic firebolt johan stopgap misleading moats this is a pack that's like okay blue red's open yeah Given, now in this like pack, this having added up everything prior to this i think at this point you're you're pretty obviously seeing blue red's open is it too late is, to switch now <sighs> Given there's a savior of the sleeping in the pack, <laughs> which is an is odd it too card. late? Yeah, is it too late to switch? I don't think so. I think you we could have reasonably switched. We could have taken the hearth elemental or even the graceful takedown. I don't think that's ridiculous either. Or even the the frantic fireball. Although I think you want the uh, the high number of instants and sorceries before you want the payoff. Um, I think hearth elemental would have been the thing to take if we decided in our reasoning okay, we should move into blue-red. Because, look, there's four solid blue-red cards in this pack. But it's also not unreasonable to say, I mean, this is pick six. You can just say, oh, this pack must have been stacked for that blue-red deck. Uh, The Savior of the Sleeping, again, it's on Vector. Pick seven. I mean, there's the Mocking Sprite. The Witch's Mark. uh, Describe two draw to make a wicked roll. I I think at this point, it's pretty clear that, like, Given everything we've seen added together, and then this we get a, we get past a mocking sprite. Blue red is open. Like this at this point, I'm confident. Blue red's open, but I don't think you're supposed to switch. Still, I think the power of your black white deck. I mean, we have Ariet, Savior the Sleeping, Knight of Doves, Back for Seconds, Dutiful Griffin. This is a sure. very strong core of cards here. It is, but the last three packs we're not seeing a ton in black white. Like we've seen one card for our deck pretty much in each of those last three packs. And Vi- yeah, Village Rights is not a, a card, or Vampire Rights or whatever it is, is not a card for our deck. It's just yeah. not. Neither is Ego Dream. Yeah, these were the packs that hurt, the ones that were full of teamer stuff. It almost makes it feel like there were two people in like black, white, or black, like X black or X white combinations somewhere 
around this this draft table. Sometimes like like within three people to our right, it right. feels like there was at least one black drafter, at least one white drafter, and maybe multiple. Uh, then in here in pack eight, uh, pack eight is the one that gets really absurd. And I think this is the one that made us go, oh, shoot, like something went know. wrong. I here. thought it, I thought it pack six, I think the one that had the, the f- other four red and blue cards. Yeah. Yeah. Earth Elemental stopgap, frantic firebolt. But that, even here, after I'm not- having, yeah. after having seen a Johan come by I, and a and an apprentice's folly, like nobody's in red blue. This is enough to tell me that's I, true. I would have. Yeah. I was confident at this point. Red blue's open. Which but then the Johan didn't how, come back. How much to? No, it didn't. Right? But but we cut so much blue red. We could have cut so much blue red by then that pack two and three probably would have been pretty open. Maybe not because there are a lot of good blue red cards in the pack, so we might have ended up with two black blue red drafters this also could just be a case of there weren't very many white and black cards opened and there were like mm-hmm. two white black drafters to our right and it just we were just last in line to get the cards so we didn't we see still very have much a deck it. and it's gonna do things but i agree i think if there was an exact and this is why we pull up the data right this is why 17 lands is great uh i think if there was an exact moment at which it was correct to switch i think it would have been pick six and yeah. i think it would have been taking the hearth elemental over the savior of the sleeping on the grounds of we have seen enough blue red cards coming by. The deck appears to be open. Black white is drying up a little bit. And yeah, this is an on vector card, but uh, it's getting a little, little risky. And should we wind up in a blue red deck instead of a black white deck, we would prefer to have the power of hearth elemental over the, contr- the contribution that Savior the Sleeping would have if we end up with a black-white deck. We're saying that like the EV of the Hearth Elemental is much better should we switch into blue-red uh, blue than the EV of the Savior the Sleeping in our existing black-white vector. Now, I will say, had those cards been swapped and we had, instead of having a Knight of Doves in the deck already, we had a Savior of the Sleeping, and in pick six, there was a Knight of Doves instead of a Savior of the Sleeping... I think that changes the math quite a bit because Knight of Doves yeah. in my book is a better payoff for the enchantment of course, dying yeah. deck than, than Savior of the Sleeping. You'd rather make a 1-1 bird than a 1-1 counter. So I counter. think I think there's an argument to be made, again, given what we've seen in the last five picks, we see this pack with, with really high-quality blue-red cards um, and the Savior of the Sleeping. Maybe we do take the speculation on Savior of the Sleeping is a good card in our deck, but on the chance that black white's not open, which we kind of are starting to consider if we're really paying attention to all the cards in each of these packs, black white might not be open. I'd rather speculate on a really good blue, uh, like red card that can fit into a few other decks mm-hmm. instead of the the one savior, which only fits into our deck. Though you could also make the argument that cutting the enchantment thing, which is what we were trying to do, uh, would lead to other people not taking them in pick two or in pack two. But this was, yeah, this was interesting. And then again, pack, uh, pick eight here, Frantic Firebolt, Mocking Sprite, uh, Torch the Tower. This is another pack. There are three phenomenal cards for the red-blue deck. Yeah. And I mean, th- this, this pack one pick eight is just ridiculous. It, it looks like a, not a single blue or red card was taken from the pack. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, almost implying that there were... I mean, think about it. Like, how many red drafters were to our right at that point? Zero, 
Or, no, there might have no one took a red card from this pack. I don't think there might have been like Fireball one thief, Slinger like Tower, two or three spots to our left. So it's like yeah, the la- yeah. one of the last drafters to pick up these cards, and uh, by that point, you know, they're getting everything. They're getting hooked up. So yeah. Wow, what a draft! Uh, yeah, definitely not a boring one. I I, I was worried that we'd have. Uh, an on the rails, black, white, easy time Ariette deck. Kind of glad that we didn't because, you know, this is much better than, than that. You know, it's funny. I just told my students today that, uh, you you don't learn anything by getting things right the first time. And this, I think is a a pretty good, (laughs) pretty good example of that. Right. I mean, this is a great example of a very tight call. Uh, I, I, if I were, at the pro tour, I think I probably would have. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. And like, if you run this, this like draft scenario a million times, how many of those times would you like pivot? And on which of those picks would you pivot? I don't know. This is why limited is the best format, right? Because <laughs> we, we could we could wax poetic about this for another hour. Just just breaking down the minutia of a pack one pick eight. Yeah. And that's I think that says a lot about the format, too. But it may say more about how this particular draft just broke. The packs broke a certain way. And mm-hmm. um, I do think we yeah, got a little listener, unlucky somewhere along the way. Uh, I, I guess. Uh, but listener, <laughs> we would love to hear what you have to say about this. Would you have pivoted pack one pick six? Would you have pivoted earlier? Would you have not pivoted? What would you have done in this seat? Again, the link to all the 17 lands data will be in the episode description. And if you're not watching on YouTube or Spotify, there is video available on both of those platforms as well. So you can watch along with the draft if you'd like. Do check out the Discord either way. If you're not already in there, we would love to have you over there. And again, um, Patreon support is kind of paused right now for new patrons. You can't, you can't sign up while we're in the middle of kind of setting up this transition. But um, if you're interested in that limited edition pin and seeing any of the new sort of uh, perks and tiers that we're setting up, look out for details on that in the announcements channel. That go live will be sometime in November. We don't have an exact date yet, but uh, we wanted to give you all plenty of heads up as to when that would happen. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Twitter at DraftChatPod. Thanks, folks, and we'll catch you next week. So. Uh... I had an interesting day one of classes. Okay. Every day of school is, is an interesting day one, but uh, for teachers, there's, there's always some sort of surprise. I did hear that some of my other teacher friends had it worse than me. Uh, at one of my friend's schools, the power went out entirely. So they had no Wi-Fi, no internet access, no rosters even for some classes. Apparently they got let out early, but uh, day one, I, I, I usually make friendly conversation with my students. I do a nice kind of like opening uh, icebreaker where it also helps teach them the scientific method that we use in our class. So what I do is we, we run through some of the intro stuff. I tell them, you know, who I am, my background, astrophysics, all that good stuff. And then I place 20 compasses on the front table. And uh, the first thing I ask them to do in class is I say, okay, what do you observe? And they look at the 20 compasses and they say, oh, well, they're all different colors. Uh, most of them are pointing the same way. Uh, some are red, some are blue. There's 20 of them. They'll usually count. 
And those are all relatively tame. But now the fun part is I ask, okay, explain why I have 20 compasses. Come up with an explanation that explains your observations. And of course, you can see the parallel here. I then tell them, oh, yeah, well, you just did physics. Uh, you made an observation. You came up with a hypothesis that explains it. That's all hypothesis is, just an explanation of what you've seen. And um, this is where it, it, it goes off the rails a little bit, because now I'm asking students to come up with wild ideas about why I own 20 compasses. And uh, let me just run you through some of, my, some of my favorite responses I've gotten, including this here. Uh, I have a compass fetish. I just, I have to have them. <laughs> uh, I keep breaking them over and over again. One student suggested that I, uh, <laughs> I inherited them because a relative just died. And I was like, wow, that's kind of grim for day one. Another student said I was uh, abducted by aliens. And when they sent me back down, I was given 20 compasses. Uh, someone said I stole them all. And uh, I, I stole them all from Walmart or something. Uh, someone said that I uh, was going to give one to each of them because the relatively weak magnet of the compass, I would, you know, ramp it up somehow, like remagnetize it stronger, which would be very hard to do. Uh, and I was going to put it in each of their bags to disrupt their Chromebook. Uh, <laughs> let's go on over there. And uh, last but not least, uh, maybe my favorite from from this year. Uh, one of the students suggested that I'm actually a Spider-Man villain and that my my power is that I can make magnets hypnotize people and that I was going to give out one to each of my students and uh, hypnotize them so that Spider-Man would have to stop me. <laughs> that's um, that was that's oddly specific, but I, yeah, yeah. I think I appreciate the imagination behind that one. Yeah. Uh, I would like to know if the listener has any, any good hypotheses, because the best part is I don't tell them. And that really, that really pisses some of them off. They're like, what do you mean? You're not going to tell us the right answer. I'm like, well, in science, there's no one you can just go and ask to tell you the correct hypothesis. We would have done the grand unification theory ages ago if we could. So I'd like to think that I was intel. Wait, what, how, what, what grade do you teach again? Ninth? This is freshman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I probably wouldn't have been, but I'd like to think now knowing what I know about life and myself and school and everything that I would have been that smart ass in the back of class who was just like, uh, you have 20 compasses because you're a physics teacher who needs to give us a way to like learn how hypotheses work. And <laughs> oh yeah. You know, yeah. Like, very meta with it. I occasionally get the, uh, the meta student, but I don't think I actually got one this year. 